the beginning. There was darkness. But God said, let there be light. This was the beginning of creation and the story of our salvation. And there was light. When everything seemed lost, we got the promise of hope. A day will come where pain is gone. A baby shall be born. He'll be our living hope. He is coming with a precious gift. He shall come to bring us peace. A humble birth will shine on earth when our Savior born takes his first breath. Our Prince of Peace, mighty God, he is here. The light has come. Glory in the highest, the heavens sing, as the earth rejoices for the joy he brings. Let us praise his holy name. Rejoice together for us he came. A divine scene unraveled that night as Mary and Joseph cuddled this child. This was a baby like no other. Swaddled in clothes, face uncovered, lay our king, the one who came to make us free. He came for the ones that have lost all hope, for his purpose was pure love, to give his life for our souls. We are no longer alone. Emmanuel, God is with us. Merry Christmas. It is so good to be gathered with you this evening. My name is Pastor Jen. I'm one of the pastors here, and we feel like it is a gift that you are sharing this evening with us. We hope that you feel at home. We hope that you stay warm. (laughs) And, And we hope that this time together brings you peace and joy and hope and love in ways that maybe you've not experienced in a long time. So let's pray together. O God who draws near, you have reminded us and challenged us in the season of Advent to have hope, to be peacemakers, to live with joy and to embrace your love for us. Remind us the distance you would travel to be near us. Help us embrace you as you remind us that you are embracing us. And may this familiar story be renewed in our hearts and lives, illuminating us to live like you in the world around us. Amen. Oh, come. Oh, come, And ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. Rejoice. Joyce, Amen. 
shall come to thee, O Israel. Come, thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. Sing that with us. This is from Isaiah chapter 9. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. And like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. 
the boots of the warrior and the uniforms of the bloodstained by war, all will be burned. They will be fuel for the fire for a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Henley is going to come and, and light the four Advent candles. For the past four weeks, we've been going through these different um, meanings for the different candles. You can come on up. And this is what we'd like to remember. You can go ahead and light the four. We light the candles of hope, peace, joy, and love once again. And as we remember the fulfillment of these promises in Christ's birth, we also look ahead to the day when all things will truly be made right at Christ's return.
At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first son, child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. We journeyed through four weeks together of, expe- of expecting the coming of Christ. Today we recognize and celebrate that coming. Emily, you can come on up and light the candle. We rejoice in the one who came, not in the glory of a palace or with riches and power, but as a peasant in a manger. We rejoice in the one who is the fulfillment of hope, the bringer of peace, the creator of joy and love itself. We illustrate the presence of Christ with us with the lighting of this white candle, a symbol that light has come into the world and continues to come. Light shone in the darkness that night and continues to shine in the darkness of our world today. May we sing boldly, let us adore him as we remember that Christ has come and look forward to the day when he will come again.
That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them.
to believe the original miracle of Christmas. The whole world got a gift that was audacious and enormous and undeserved. And if those kinds of shenanigans are on the table, maybe I can also ask for ridiculous, audacious things. Like joy for my family. good, isn't it? All right. We didn't do a sound check. Is this going to be okay? You might need to turn me down because i got to bring it a lot higher than normal. Hey, everyone. Merry Christmas. Oh, I'm so sorry. You've been having all these other pastors. Pastor Jen has preached and Jason has preached and Tim has preached and you're stuck with me. I'm so sorry. Oh. Yeah, we're going to get through this, though, I promise. <laughs> um, Tim, uh, our, one of our pastors, is up in Ohio with his grandbaby. So uh, Merry Christmas, Tim. I hope you all are staying warm. Uh, Jason is back there. He's one of our pastors, and you've met Pastor Jen. I'm Garen. I'm, one of, I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, along with the four of us, uh, we, we try to... Man, we try to wrangle y'all into doing ministry, and it's like herding cats, because y'all have got a lot of interest and a lot of great energy, and man, whew, but it's awesome. I'm taking a mental picture. It's good to see you. It's been a couple years, hasn't it? 
I mean, last year we were here, but even then it was really wide aisles and extra spacing. And, and it was necessary, but I sure, oh man, it's good to see your faces. Huh. All right. Click. Here we go. All right. So time for everyone to be honest. You ready? Participation. Yeah, only one person. See, yeah. The rest of you can lie, I guess. If you have watched a Christmas slash Hallmark slash some kind of holiday movie this season, I want you to stand up. Now, I'm disappointed in some of you, but that's okay. If you've watched more than three, stay standing. If you haven't watched more than three, you have a seat. Oh, my goodness. If you've watched five or more Christmas, holiday, whatever types of movies, stay standing. How about at seven? I'm not going to make you list them. I'll just, you know, just guesstimate them. Ten? Oh, I'm quite certain it's been every day. Twelve? Fifteen? How many of you have, have like, at least twenty? Do I get a prize? No, you get no prize, but... But I know how to pray for y'all better. <laughs> okay, yeah, y'all can have a seat. Wow. Oh, my gravy. Wow, that's a... Okay, good for you. I think it was last year or the year before, like, we watched a holiday movie every night. And, and like, scratched the surface, maybe. But, oh, man, don't we love those holiday movies? Oh, my goodness. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, because if you've see, seen one, you... Right? Okay, so here's the, here's the summary. If, you, if you're one of those five people that was seated and hasn't seen a Hallmark or a holiday or Christmas or whatever kind of movie, here's what happens. Basically, you have this executive, right? Some sort of executive, and they're living in some big city, probably L.A. or New York. Am I right? You with me? And for some reason, and it can be a guy or a girl. It doesn't matter. I mean, we don't discriminate at Christmas, but they're, they're doing well, they're wealthy, they're up for that promotion, they're living their best life, everything is good, and then we get the plot twist. Somehow they end up needing to return to their hometown, right? Something's happening, a place they haven't been in years, and there's this anxiety, oh, i got to go home, I'm so upset, and they get home, and they left because of Oh, there are a few reasons, you know. Um, they needed more out of life. Um, they had to escape a heartbreak. Uh, they didn't want to go into the family business. There are four or five main reasons, right? Am I hitting most of them? Um, and so we get this person that's going back, and who do they happen to meet, like, the first day they're back? Their first love. Oh my goodness. If that isn't just a coincidence. And who saw that comedy? Fortunately, somebody was there with a camera to catch it all. But they see their old boyfriend or their old girlfriend, that old flame. And it's awkward because, you know, it's been years and there's been some drama and they don't know what's going on with the other person and blah, blah, blah. And it just turns out. That that person is the only person that can help them save their farm. <laughs> or, or save the hotel that's about to be shut down. Or that farm that's going under. Or that, that company that 
half of the city is employed at and it's about to go under because of some business, some big corporation that's coming in. And well, you know what happens. About 70 minutes into it, we learn there's a little bit of deception because our person that went home is actually part of the problem, right? They actually work for the bad guys or they haven't told the whole truth or they have a boyfriend, but it was going, tr- it was going rough and they didn't know what was going to happen. And they, uh, you know, there's that twist. Thank goodness Hallmark figured out how to make everything work out in the end, didn't they? (laughs) By the end of the movie, somehow in 90 minutes, we go from complete and utter turmoil into joy. Because somehow, things have been made right. People have seen the light. Loved ones have reconnected. Businesses are saved. People aren't going to have to go out and... Find a different occupation. And somehow that person is going to return home to be with their one true love. Good times, right? They fall in love. And I'm glad that it happens for them because like, they're kind of the hero of the story or they're like at least the protagonist, right? It'd be kind of bad if that didn't happen at least for them. You know, they're kind of in the story. They're the important one, the rich one, the whatever one. But here's the problem. If we're not careful, we can treat the Christmas story as if it were a Hallmark story. If we're not careful, it's not shepherd. It's a couple of... um, It's a couple that... Or it's not not Mary and Joseph. It's a couple that's um, driving in their... um, old VW bug and they're driving into town and it breaks down and um, there's no room for them at a hotel but that's okay because they find like an abandoned garage and that's cooler anyway and you don't have shepherds you got like these hipster dudes they're probably like YouTube influencers and they're like out in the outskirts of town and they like are met by this angel, and they're like, oh, let's go see this. This will be awesome for our vlog, and let's go meet this. And so they ride on their Vespas or their Segways or however they get there, whatever's cool, and they get there. And then somewhere on the other part of the world, you got all these, like, geniuses behind their computer, and they're really wise, and they're, like, on their little Google box, and they're, like, Googling things, and all of a sudden they start to notice these trends, and they get this spreadsheet, and they figure out, hey, there's this kid, and he's probably going to be famous, and he was born in this garage. We should get over there, and we should, like, track when this was happening because we're real wise, and we get there, and before we know it, our nativity scene is filled with cool, powerful, wealthy, trend setting people who let us in on this picture perfect moment. Where everything's amazing and and we love it, don't we? I mean, that's nice. That's a nativity scene we can get behind. It's peaceful, it's romantic, it's perfect, it's hallmarky. But as Pastor Jen read, that's not really how it was, was it? I mean, that's nice, don't get me wrong, but that's not really what the Bible talks about. I mean, the wise men didn't show up probably for a couple of years. They were foreigners. 
Nobody really wanted them in the city, but they wanted their money, so they tolerated them. They were definitely outsiders. Shepherds weren't even, they weren't any better. I mean, in society, they were seen slightly above slaves. I mean, they're shepherds. Their job is to take care of animals. Their job is to give their life for the animal. Could you imagine the type of counseling you would need to know that if it's between a sheep and me, society picks the sheep? Definitely marginalized people. You don't see a lot of that in the Hallmark movies. You got this father, oh my goodness. Well, he's kind of a father, right? I mean, we know the story. He's kind of the father. He's poor. He's a carpenter. He's a nobody. He's about as insignificant as you get in the story. I mean, in the lineage in Matthew, it's like this dude had this son, and he had this son, and he had this son. And then you have Joseph, who was married to Mary. Like, he's not even in, like, he's in the line of David, but he's not listed that way. He's listed as he's just the spouse. I mean, he's just the, yeah, the spouse. Mm. He's scared. He's scared because he's never uh, most likely delivered a baby. Could you imagine how scared you would be if it was like, okay, we're in a foreign town, uh, we're in a foreign place, and uh, my wife's having a baby, and okay, what do we do? As scared as he is, can you imagine how panicked mom is? It's like, you promised me that this baby, and now I'm here, and... Can you imagine just how scared she is? She claims she's a virgin. She claims she saw an angel. She's highly favored. But she doesn't feel highly favored when she's having labor pains in a stable in a foreign city. It doesn't feel very hallmarky. One of my favorite singer-slash-songwriters, his name is Andrew Peterson, and he writes this song, and it's on the Behold the Lamb of God album. If you haven't listened to it, highly recommend it. It's great. The words are this. It was not a silent night. There was blood on the ground. You could hear a woman cry in the alleyways that night on the streets of David's town. The stable wasn't clean and the cobblestones were cold. And little Mary, full of grace, with the tears upon her face, had no mother's hand to hold. Noble Joseph by her side, calloused hands, weary eyes. There were no midwives to be found on the streets of David's town in the middle of the night. So he held her and he prayed. Shafts of moonlight on his face, but the baby in her womb, he was the maker of the moon. He was the author of the faith that could make the mountains move. It was a labor of pain. It was a cold sky above. But for the girl on the ground in the dark, with every beat of her beautiful heart, it was a labor of love. 
you haven't heard of Andrew Peterson, maybe you've heard of Max Lucado. He's a pastor and an author. And, and he puts it this way in his book, God Came Near. She looks into the face of the baby, her son, her Lord, his majesty. At this point in history, the human being who best understands who God is and what God is doing is a teenage girl in a smelly stable. She can't take her eyes off him. Somehow, Mary knows she's holding God. So this is he. She remembers the words of the angel. His kingdom will never end. He looks like anything but a king. His face is prunish and red. His cry, though strong and healthy, is still helpless and piercing. He's absolutely dependent upon Mary for his well-being. Majesty in the midst of the mundane. Holiness in the, filth, in the filth of sheep manure and sweat. Divinity entering the world on the floor of a stable, through the womb of a teenager, and in the presence of a carpenter. So why is this all important? Why am I like kind of breaking down our hallmarky emotions? And I love those movies too, don't get me wrong. But why am I pushing so hard against this, this narrative? I mean, we're going to sing Silent Night in a minute and I'm going to love it. And you guys are going to sing and harmonize and it's going to be a beautiful moment. But before we get there, If we only have the hallmark version of the nativity story, then we miss the beauty of the story. The beauty isn't that God came to the powerful. Or that God announced God's plan to insiders. Or that every moment is as perfect as a Rockwell painting. Because let's be honest, my life's not like that. I don't know if yours is. Mine's not. I'm not powerful. I'm not an insider. My life is messy. Got habits that aren't always good for me. Sometimes I make people angry. You know who you are. <laughs> my life is mundane. There are still dishes to be washed and cars that need gas. And I get 20 more bills in the mail than I get for every one letter that I receive. Right? My life is ordinary. I take my girls to school. I go to work. We mow the lawn. We have neighbors that we love and neighbors that we, you know, they're neighbors. That we love differently. A hallmark Jesus isn't something that I can relate to. Now what excites me is a nativity story about outsiders. Whether it's gent whether it's Gentile wise men who were hated or, or Jewish shepherds who were despised. 
What excites me is a nativity narrative about weak and powerless people, like a teenage girl and a nobody boy who are scared to death and away from home. What resonates with me is a nativity that breaks into the normal, mundane, everyday type of life. I mean, the shepherds weren't doing anything special. They were shepherding, right? Mary and Joseph were doing their civic duty. They were told to go because there's a census. Though they went because there's a census. They they were just living their normal life. There wasn't anything special about what was happening in any of the lives of these people except for the fact that God was breaking into their ordinary, mundane lives. That's what I love about the nativity story. That's what makes it special. And the same is true for us. God's work unfolds not in spite of life's other tasks, not in spite of us having big moments, but it happens in the midst of the ordinary, mundane life that we live. Here's why I love it. That means that you and I can actually experience the inbreaking of Jesus into our daily routines. We don't have to live Hallmark movie lives to encounter this Christ of Christmas. Because Jesus comes to the ordinary and the outsiders and the nobodies and the weak and the powerless and the people don't have, who don't have anything to offer except for themselves and they're there and they're just living their lives and God comes down to them and says, you're highly favored until you is born this day. This is the good news of Christmas. I've been thinking a lot about John Wesley, as we all do, right? If you don't know who John Wesley is, he's a theological person a couple hundred years ago. And the Nazarene Church actually has um, a lot of our theology is based around some of his thinkings. So here's the story. The story is that on his deathbed in, I don't know, I think it was like 1789, something like that. It's rumored that he he's weak, he's feeble, and right before he dies, he lifts his hands to heaven and two times says the same sentence. He says this, the best of it is this, God is with us. Folks, I love the gifts. I'm waiting for the Jeep with the red bow on Christmas morning. Just in case any of y'all have an extra Jeep. I'll provide the bow. I love the gifts. I love the lights. I love the hot drinks and the ciders. I love the movies. I love so much about Christmas. I listen to Christmas music all year long. I know. Haters going to hate. I love all of it. But you know what the best of it is? The best of it is God is with us. God is with us on our April 9th when nothing is going on except for work. God is with us on our August 7th when we are in the doctor's office and he tells us that we have 
some bad news. God is with us as we're mowing the lawn. God is with us as we're cashing in our paycheck. God is with us as we go to church. God is with us as we love our neighbor. God is with us. The best of it is this. God is with us. It's my prayer that this Christmas, for the rest of today, maybe even the rest of tomorrow, maybe, just maybe, the rest of our lives, we can remember in our ordinary and mundane lives, God is with us. In our weakness, God is with us. As outsiders, God is with us. Merry Christmas, y'all. Let's pray. Jesus, you came humbly to earth. Your earthly beginning, um, well, honestly, it, it, it wasn't as majestic as some of us would have written. But how beautiful. God, I can't imagine that this is the plan that you orchestrated. It's, it's like... It's like the world was that symphony that's tuning and everything sounds chaotic. And then all of a sudden, at that one right moment, at the right time, you sent Jesus. And all of a sudden, things started to sound right again. God, I thank you that you are with us. I thank you that because your Holy Spirit is with us, not only are you with us, but we can be with you. And so I pray that during this Christmas season, I pray that just like Mary, as we're pondering thoughts, those moments that we cherish with family around dinner tables and around Christmas trees and as we open up presents and as we have traditions, God, I pray that just almost like a soundtrack in the back of our minds, we will hear the words, the best of it is this, God is with us. And I pray that maybe that will just change us to a little bit more of who you've called us to be. We love you, God. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it's almost time. So, let me just uh, lay the groundwork. Hopefully you have a candle. If you don't have a candle, um, maybe we can grab. Uh, there are some back there. Or if you need a candle, raise your hand and we'll bring one to you. So here's how this is going to work. Oh, I don't have a candle. Oh, oh, my word. Look at this. Here's how this is going to work. I need a helper. Will you help me? All right, come on up here. So, if I light my candle, and I go like this, wax goes everywhere. What's better is if my candle is lit, I hold it still. <gasps> she, look at this. 
It's like she knows. She's going to light her candle, and she's going to hold it, and the next person is going to light their candle. You with me? I'm just trying to keep you from burning your hands and getting wax all over the floors and all that kind of stuff because, you know, life. So what I'm going to have uh, y'all do is this. A lot of times we have enough space where we can circle around and look at each other. That's not, I love this. We've got a great crowd and that's not going to happen tonight. Uh, But here's what I'm thinking. Maybe if I can get Jen to help me and um, Jason is out, right? So I'll get Pastor Jen to help me. We're just going to go through and we're going to light a candle in each section. And if you can help spread it and then when everything is lit... We're going to sing Silent Night, and it's going to be awesome. But we do this. uh, We light initially from the Christ candle. Because without Christ, we have no hope, joy, peace, or love. I'm going to have Corey turn out all the lights. Let's kill it all. It's amazing how frail a single candle looks, isn't it? It's amazing how how little light and yet how much light you get. The, The truth of it is this. We light from the Christ candle because it is the light of Christ in us that we are called to share with others. So this is a very meaningful and significant moment for us as we light and share. This is what we're called to do. So I'm going to light from the Christ candle. Oh, and then you always have that fear that it goes out, don't you? I'm going to let Jen light. And then, Pastor Jen, if you'll start that way, I'm going to start this way. And I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to ask you to stand because we're going to stand when we sing. So it might be easier just to start this way. quiet of this moment this may be the last quiet you get for a little bit just ponder anew that God is with you Take a look around you. Isn't it amazing how that little light that seemed insignificant a moment ago, we said it doesn't seem very bright, and yet it's bright enough, and yet when we each have the light, what a difference. Y'all look so good. Sing with me. Silent night.
you, Jesus. The book of John tells us that you're the light that has come into this world. You moved into the neighborhood and you took up residence. Jesus, I pray that you will take up residence in our hearts. May you guide us with your light through the coming days and the coming year. We love you. Amen. I'm going to ask you, uh, I'm going to ask Corey to turn up the front lights and I'll have you extinguish your candles uh, lest uh, we start a fire. We want the brave men and women that uh, work in our uh, fire department to be safe. I'm going to invite the band to come on up and while they're coming up, I have one announcement for you. Well, it's a two-part announcement. The first one is, we are not having service tomorrow. Enjoy Christmas with your family. We will have a service online, though. It'll just be a reading of the Christmas story and a couple of videos and singing along that you can do. But uh, I encourage you, it'll go live at 10 o'clock, and you can watch it at 10, or you can watch it anytime during the day. But join us for Christmas service. And then next Sunday is New Year. Woo, woo. 2023 is right around the corner. And what better way to start the new year than... Oh, y'all. You knew exactly what I was going to say, didn't you? I encourage you. 
what we do, and it's a little different. So you got to come at least two more Sundays because next Sunday is going to be different. We do um, a Wesley Covenant service. And basically, that's just a fancy way of saying, here's what we're going to do. Next Sunday, we are going to recommit 2023 to God. 2022 is in the books. We had some successes. We had some failures. We did some great things. We did some pretty things. We've shined for Jesus. We've had to ask for forgiveness a couple times. 2022 has passed. What if we could commit 2023 and say, God, I want this to be the year I'm closer to you and I walk more with you and I grow with you. And so next Sunday is 10 o'clock. And then the following Sunday, we'll be back to our normal routine of, of craziness around here. So I encourage you, join us then. We're going to be launching into something new. Like, that's what the, the series is going to be called. Something new. Just in case y'all didn't get that. So, stay standing. We got one last song. We, we got to finish with Joy to the World, right? That's right. So, I'm going to let these guys start it up. And then uh, we're going to sing Joy to the World. And then I hope you guys have the very merriest of Christmases. <laughs>